0: thank you so very much for joining me right here on off the script this is your monday night raw post show for january 23rd 2023 i am your host jd from new york as always coming to you live from the ots venue thank you guys so very much for joining me on your monday evenings wherever you may be man what a show tonight what a show tonight From good old Triple H, man. Monday Night Raw tonight, I feel, was very focused. They gave you a little bit of everything. We celebrated 30 years of Monday Night Raw. I remember back in 1993 begging my parents to let me stay up to watch the very first episode of Monday Night Raw from the Manhattan Center right here in my hometown of New York. And luckily, they did let me stay up. And watch Monday Night Raw that night. And here we are 30 years later. Celebrating 30 years. And my God, man, it's been a long time. It's been a long, winding, bumpy road for Monday Night Raw. And this is the first Monday Night Raw that I can honestly say that I enjoyed this thoroughly from beginning to end in a very long time. This was easily the best Triple H Monday Night Raw since he's taken over. Creative, this was a perfect start to what I believe will be a huge week for WWE heading into the Royal Rumble in San Antonio, Texas. It's going to be a big, big, big week. And I see some negative Nancys in the chat. I see some bad seeds in the chat. Oh, well, um... I didn't like the show, man. It, it was uh, it, it was boring, and uh, I, I'm I'm still waiting for uh that uh that big show where everybody is uh excited about Triple H. Give, give me a fucking break, all right? Give, give me a break. I mean, these people sicken me to no end. They sickened me to no end. I mean, what was so bad about this Monday Night Raw compared to what fucking Vince McMahon was giving you guys? A good eight months ago, this show was enjoyable from beginning to end. I didn't really feel any type of boredom outside of the women's division, which I'll get to a little bit later because it's completely unfocused. This was a very focused show that I honestly thought with the first hour, from beginning of the first hour to the end of that first hour, right around 9 o'clock, The first hour of Monday Night Raw might have been one of the best first hours of Monday Night Raw that I've ever seen. And it's all because of the bloodline and the trial of Sami Zayn, which was a segment that wasn't even planned as of a week ago. We were supposed to get the acknowledgement ceremony of the tribal chief tonight with all of the bloodline, all of the elders of the bloodline, all of the Anawaii family there tonight. That did not happen. Why didn't it happen? I will let you know when we get into the review. Very plausible, very realistic reason why that didn't happen. There were rumors running around via the geeks online, the clickbait masters online. Did Vince McMahon change this segment? Did Vince McMahon give a creative suggestion to Triple H to change this segment? I even raised that particular topic on last night's podcast. As one of the reasons why it could have very well been changed. But we got a reason as to why we got the trial of Sami Zayn tonight. And I don't think it could have gone off any better than it did. That was one of the best WWE segments, I think, in the last five years easy. Maybe longer than that. And I thought everybody played their part brilliantly. Roman, Paul Heyman, Sami Zayn, and my God, Jey Uso. We we're going to get into all that. And the beginning of the end of Sami Zayn is imminent, guys. It is very, very imminent. As soon as the Royal Rumble, perhaps. The end of Sami Zayn in the bloodline. And that was not all. From that, we got the Usos. And the Judgment Day for the Raw Tag Team Championships. You guys know how I feel about the Usos defending single, individual tag team championships. I, I do not like it. I do not like it. We went over this the last couple of weeks. We got to this point. WWE should not be splitting up the championships until after WrestleMania. But my God, man, that tag team title match was absolutely edge of your seat action, man. I thought I was going to legitimately fucking fall off my couch with some of those near falls in that match. I I thought it was the end tonight for Sami Zayn. I thought Roman Reigns was going to whack Sami Zayn out of the bloodline. And all four guys in that match absolutely killed it. Well, not so much Dominic Mysterio, but he was the weak link in that match. But that tag team title match was fantastic stuff with the kayfabe X going up for Jimmy Uso to the part where Sami Zayn got involved and took Jimmy Uso's place to win the match and prove that he is the bloodline and loyal to Roman Reigns and the bloodline. You could not have booked a better first hour in WWE, man. And when WWE wants to focus on storytelling and they put all of their effort into telling a great story, it is very difficult. I've been saying this for years, man, with Triple H. It is very difficult to top what he does. Honestly, this reminded me of an NXT fucking show. That first hour reminded me of a good old classic black and gold NXT Triple H-led show. I thought it was fantastic. We got legends tonight. They all played their part. They didn't overstay their welcome. Some of them, you know, I didn't really care for being there like Hulk Hogan and Ric Flair and the poker game, which we've seen how many times before, but it was a great way to get them on TV to be a part of the celebration of 30 years. None of them really overstayed their welcome. This was not like an anniversary show booked by Vince McMahon in yesteryear. In years past, Vince McMahon would have had the legends stepping all over the youth. Vince McMahon would have had the legends beating up the younger talents and stealing TV time away from younger talents and making them the focus of the show instead of the younger talents. Triple H did none of that. He played everything brilliantly. DX had a very entertaining segment with Kurt Angle that led to a six-man tag team match with the Street Profits' Seth Rollins against Imperium. We got Bray Wyatt in a segment with The Undertaker who came out as the American badass tonight that featured L.A. Knight. And normally you would see The Undertaker tombstone or chokeslam L.A. Knight. He didn't really do anything and kind of passed the face of fear in WWE on to Bray Wyatt tonight who then delivered a sister Abigail to L.A. Knight. We've seen appearances from Teddy Long IRS, Ted DiBiase. We got Ron Simmons, DDP, Alundra Blaze. Nobody really overstayed their welcome. And I thought it was a really, really nice anniversary show when it comes to the legends appearing on the show tonight. And then in the end, we got Brock Lesnar. We got Brock Lesnar. We now know what Brock Lesnar is going to be doing at WrestleMania. He is back for his... WrestleMania payday, Brock Lesnar and Bobby Lashley absolutely will be heading towards Los Angeles at WrestleMania 39 in a collision course that will be a battle of the bulls. Now, we had rumored, we had a rumored Hell in a Cell possibly taking place at the Royal Rumble, if you guys remember that report several weeks ago. I say put these two guys inside Hell in a Cell at WrestleMania and let them go and cause complete chaos and carnage. But it looks like we got Brock Lesnar back, continuing his feud with Bobby Lashley. The final match in the three-match series here between these two guys. They're both tied 1-1, and he comes back and helps Austin Theory retain the United States Championship over Bobby Lashley. And what I thought was a not-so-good main event, it was completely rushed to shit, Brock Lesnar came out, and before anything, they were off the air, and Corey Graves got cut off mid-sentence. And the reason why they were rushed for time is because the Bloodline segment went way over time. And I got news on that because it absolutely affected the steel cage match that we were supposed to get with Bailey and Becky Lynch tonight as well. All in all, I thought tonight was a fantastic Monday Night Raw, a great start to the road to Royal Rumble. I am very much looking forward to Saturday's Royal Rumble. We are going to have a major show on Saturday night, and I'm expecting over 5,000 live in the OTS venue for what I hope to be one of the biggest post shows of the entire year for the Royal Rumble, man. I appreciate you guys joining me right now. We got 2,800 in the venue tonight for this Monday Night Raw post show, 30th anniversary. We're celebrating 30 years of WWE. Hit that subscribe button down below. I would really appreciate it if you guys join my family right here on Off the Scripts. We got everything working for us this year, man. We got new artwork coming soon. We got the best fucking community in the IWC. We got the best podcast in the IWC. Live every Monday, every Wednesday, and every Friday. Hit that subscribe button down below. Turn on that bell for notifications. And please make sure you guys hit that thumbs up. We got 616 likes right now. I would love to see that at a 1,000. That would really make me happy to celebrate 30 years. If you enjoyed tonight's show, please hit that thumbs up. Let's try for a 1,000 likes minimum tonight on OTS. Become a channel member as well. I left you guys a link at the top of the live stream chat. Become a VIP right here on OTS, man. Great perks, VIP chats, VIP streams. We got badges and emotes available to you exclusively right here on this channel. Some of the best emotes in the community right here on Off The Script. So go hit that join button. Super Chats are open. Get them on in. We'll hang out at the end of the show. Let me know what you guys thought of the 30th anniversary tonight. We did an extra. An unadvertised extra tonight. Video went up. Around 6 o'clock, 6.30. Late breaking news. Don't know if I believe it or not. We'll probably go over it a little bit tonight as well. Roman Reigns and Stone Cold Steve Austin potentially pitched for a major match at WrestleMania? At a Saudi show? I don't know. I don't know. But WWE reportedly offered Stone Cold Steve Austin an enormous amount of money to wrestle Roman Reigns. When? Where? When? Where? Only time will tell. So go check that out. It is on the homepage right now. So after this stream, you guys got something to watch. Go check out all the other streams on the channel. Everything you need is on the homepage. I categorized everything for you guys. Made your lives easier. And tonight's show is sponsored by my great friends over at Manscaped. Manscaped Manscaped.com, code script20. They got the new Beard Hedger that I'm getting in the mail sometime this week. I will be showing it off on the podcast can't wait, man. I am super excited about the new Beard Edger from Manscaped. Code scripts 20 at checkout. So make sure you guys go hit them up. Manscaped.com. We got some brand new partnerships coming up within the year as well. We are back on board with the Ridge. You guys know how much I love my Ridge wallet. And we are back for the first half of 2023. So you guys can look forward to that. So go check out Manscaped. Manscaped.com. Code Scripts20. Man, I enjoyed this show tonight, and I didn't really know what to expect with the trial of Sami Zayn, to be perfectly honest with you. I thought this was going to be... I was worried that they were going to kick Sami Zayn out of the bloodline too soon. I don't want Sami Zayn to be kicked out of the bloodline too soon. And I said this on my podcast last night, episode 460 if they're going to kick Sami Zayn out of the bloodline tonight and, then, and they're going to do the trial of Sami Zayn tonight, what did he really do that facilitated all this to happen in the last 72 hours or so coming out of SmackDown? He didn't really do anything. If you guys remember on Friday night, he listened and he was very obedient to Roman Reigns. Roman Reigns told him to go get the car ready, go get the plane ready, make sure the pilot's ready. So that when they sign the contract with Kevin Owens and the Royal Rumble contract is signed, they can get the bloodline out of the building and and wherever they got to go next. He sent Sami Zayn to go do that. And then Sami Zayn, he showed up late as Kevin Owens surprise attack the bloodline on Friday night. And that left Sami Zayn, you know, not out there. And I was wondering if he was going to be nailed for that guilty as charged for that situation on Friday night. Other than that, we didn't know what he was really guilty of. It didn't really make sense to go from a Anahuayi elders, you know, all of the acknowledgement for Roman Reigns being there. And then go to the trial of Sami Zayn. I found it to be very, very bizarre that they announced this all of a sudden uh, over the weekend. Now, why exactly did the acknowledgement ceremony of Roman Reigns get canceled? There was a very plausible reason. This was a very legitimate reason. It's not because of The Rock not showing up or The Rock not being able to make commitments or The Rock backing out of WrestleMania or anything like that. It was reported that Rock wasn't even scheduled for the show. But I find that very hard to believe. Now, you can put your conspiracy theory cap on if you want. I brought up all different variables on the podcast last night. I said, and this is a very plausible one as well, maybe Vince McMahon decided... Let me call my son-in-law and get this segment changed because if we don't get The Rock, I don't know why he would be advertising something that is leading the fans to believe that The Rock is going to be a part of this particular segment. And Vince is notorious for not wanting to advertise anything uh, on a match or for a match that is not going to take place on WWE TV. That is a very plausible reason for why this was canceled. So that really wasn't the reason. And then I found out that Dave Meltzer was reporting that The Rock was not really scheduled for Monday Night Raw. And the real reason why this was canceled is because Afa and Sika weren't ready to make the trip, and Rikishi, who was supposed to be there, was sick. So WWE nixed the entire segment. You can't have a ceremony if Afa and Sika aren't there, and you can't have a ceremony if Rikishi is there, who is, you know, a very notable name in the Anawaii family. So WWE just nixed the entire segment. Meltzer says, and I quote, the change was made because Afa and Sika and Rikishi were all not going to be able to be there. They were to be the key people. But Afa and Sika were not ready for the trip, and Rikishi got sick this week, so the idea basically all fell apart. Creative was changed with the Bloodline story on Friday to reflect the change on Raw, and what happened was not really what was originally scripted to happen. So... That's the reason why the bloodline ceremony, the acknowledgement ceremony for Roman Reigns got canceled on Monday night. So I have no problem with that because what they did is give us a tremendous segment with the trial of Sami Zayn, which we will get into uh, in uh, just a little bit here. Uh, They started off with Roman Reigns and the bloodline and the entire... Uh trial of Sami Zayn kicking off Monday Night Raw. So this was all commercial-free. The first hour was all commercial-free, so you were going to get every little detail, all of this storyline, all of the LTB, all of the long-term booking in its commercial-free fl- glory. It was glorious. It was beautiful. So the bloodline is out there. And there's a table in the ring, and we got chairs lined up for the bloodline, and Roman obviously is sitting at the head of the table. Paul Heyman is behind him, holding the WWE and Universal Championship belts over his shoulders. This was a very entertaining segment from beginning to end. So, Reigns asked Philadelphia to acknowledge him, obviously. Reigns handed the titles to Paul Heyman, and Heyman handed Roman Reigns a microphone Sammy sat all by himself away from the bloodline table. He was just there sitting all by himself in the ring. There was an ECW chant that broke out because it's Philadelphia and it's Paul E. Dangerously, so why the fuck not? Heyman addressed the crowd that was chanting ECW, three letters that are very near and dear to me. He said to Reigns, My tribal chief, ECW is dead. Fans booed because they were having a good time chanting ECW. I grew up on ECW. I loved ECW. He then says, ECW's dead and I wish the same for Sami Zayn. Crying emoji. He wished Sami Zayn, Paul Heyman legitimately said he wished Sami Zayn was dead. How fucked up is that? Now, I knew we were... I knew we were heading towards a uh, uh, Sami Zayn being exiled from the bloodline, but oh my goodness, man. We got Paul Heyman wishing this fucking poor guy was dead on Monday Night Raw, man. I'm like, whoa, what are we doing here? I laughed. I laughed. No matter how fucked up it is, man, I laughed. I also love the ECW chair, man. Love it. ECW will live on forever. Sami's in his chair. He's looking at this bloodline sitting around him and Paul Heyman saying that he wishes he was dead. Heyman says he's a Judas. He's a Judas and a betrayer of the island of relevancy. He says he has been in a conspiracy with Kevin Owens since day one. He took some shots at the Philadelphia Eagles because it's cheap heat. And the Eagles, (coughs) uh, they won't be beating the San Francisco 49ers. I'm just letting you guys in on the, uh, not really a prediction to spoiler.
1: There's no Ion team, but there is one in Indeed. And that's the hiring platform that you need to build yours. When you're hiring, you need Indeed. Instead of spending hours on multiple job sites, searching for candidates with the right skills, Indeed's a powerful hiring platform that can help you do it all.
0: Sorry to my Philadelphia fans out there, man. I can't stand your sports teams. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I might have a little gripe for what happened this year with the Phillies and the Braves, but, you know, we'll worry about that in in April, all right? Don't worry about that. So he says he's been in in a conspiracy with Kevin Owens since day one. He took some shots at the Philadelphia Eagles. Um, Heyman turns his attention back to Sami Zayn. He says it's an open and shut case. He said he had four pieces of evidence that Sammy is guilty as charged. Guilty as charged. An old school ECW pay-per-view, man. I I got a little kick out of that. I don't know if that was intended or not, but I got a little kick out of that from uh, Paul E. So they aired a clip from August 12th of last year when Sammy was talking to the Usos when Drew McIntyre attacked them in the locker room or right outside their locker room in the back. They isolated an image here of Sami Zayn running away and highlighted that he was running away from the bloodline and not really helping them in this savage beatdown from Drew McIntyre. Now, Sami Zayn, he was kind of being toyed with at this point in the bloodline history. He wasn't really uh, he wasn't really uh I would say, you know, a full-blown honorary Us. He wasn't Sammy Uso. He wasn't really oosy. At this point, he was like, uh, maybe, I don't know, 25% Usi at this time. So he ran away. And I'm looking at this evidence, and I'm like, okay, I appreciate the fact that they're going back. And they are going to give us a nice little recap of every little detail that happened between Sami Zayn and the bloodline. And this kind of partnership that we've seen on television. So I'm loving this already. But I didn't really find Sami Zayn to be guilty in this at all yet. So they isolated this image of Sami running away like a coward. Then August 29th, they showed a clip from August 29th. They showed Sami with a chair at ringside but failing to use it against Kevin Owens when he had an opening to do so. I found him guilty with that. He couldn't do it. He thought better of it. He's like, shit, I love my bloodline. I want to be in the bloodline, but this is my best friend over, over 20 years here in KO. Couldn't do it. So he did not hit Kevin Owens when he had the chance to do so. Then they showed a clip from November 26th with Sammy on top of the cage celebrating while the rest of the bloodline were leaving the War Games cage. They showed you clips that we did not see live on pay-per-view. They showed Sammy Zayn sitting on top of the War Games cage like Brian Danielson did all those years ago in Rhode Island. On Monday Night Raw, while well, he stripped the straight jacket and freed himself from the Wyatt family, one of my personal favorite all-time Monday Night Raw moments, that steel cage match with Bray Wyatt where he had the Rhode Island crowd in the palm of his fucking hand. You will never hear yes chance like that ever again, man. Magic. It was magic. Bryan concussed sitting on top of the cage. It reminded me of that. So this must have been some extra footage from WWE.com. I didn't see this live. So this, is, this was new footage to us. Sami Zayn was sitting up there throwing up the ones and he was doing for life and whatever the fuck he was doing on the cage, celebrating all by himself away from the bloodline. But anybody that knows what happened in war games, Sami won war games because he showed his allegiance to the bloodline by low-blowing Kevin Owens and giving the win to the Usos. And allowing Roman a victory over KO and the Brawling Brutes. So I don't see how Sami Zayn was guilty here either. They really wanted to get petty with Sami Zayn in these clips. So he was doing the four life hand symbol. What is this, says Paul Heyman? The NWO? The four horsemen? The dangerous alliance? That's a conspiracy signal to Kevin Owens. Montreal boys for life, he says. Then they showed a clip from December 23rd. This was when the match with John Cena and Kevin Owens was about to be announced. And Sami Zayn took a microphone and started getting heated in a promo with all the bloodline in the ring. And he was looking into the hard camera and they showed him brushing up against Roman Reigns, getting animated, looking and pointing into the hard camera, talking to Kevin Owens at home. But he kind of bumped into the tribal chief on his way to looking into the hard camera. He didn't make a big deal out of it. Then, now all of a sudden, Paul Heyman is calling this out as Sami Zayn being guilty. It's the old high school hallway shoulder block, he says. He said it was an assassination attempt of the tribal chief so he could become the head of the table. He said if he's guilty of nothing else, he's guilty of assault. That is assault on the tribal chief. He then got in Sammy's face and called Sammy a rat bastard and he should be found guilty as charged. Sammy just sat there slumped in his chair The prosecution rests its case, he says. And Paul Heyman concluded his evidence. So Paul Heyman's evidence wasn't really all that good, in my honest opinion. I think Sami Zayn in some of these clips was really taken out of context. And I don't really think Sami Zayn was doing anything outside the Kevin Owens clip, which, you know, that could be uh, more than enough evidence to get him booted from the bloodline. But I didn't really see much of anything else in in those other clips that Paul Heyman brought to Monday Night Raw tonight, as evidence. So Sammy stood up. Fans are chanting, Sammy, Sammy. How over Sammy is is an absolutely beautiful thing. I love it. I absolutely love it. He said he had a whole defense lined up, and he said what he didn't count on is how he'd actually feel when he stepped into the ring tonight. He said listening to Heyman say all of this to his face hurt, and it hurt very much. He said he carefully crafted that video to make his case. He asked how he could think he's out to undercut Roman Reigns after everything else that's been done. He says it hurts, but the people see it. He says they've seen it all over the last nine months, but the fact of the matter is that he'd have him sit there and defend himself on trial hurts. He says his defense is that he has no defense. He sat down. He put the microphone down. He said nothing. He wasn't even going to argue his case. Now, Roman Reigns got irritated at this. Roman Reigns got angry at Sami Zayn here. Let me get this straight, says Roman Reigns. You don't have a defense. You have nothing. He says he has so much of an ego that he won't even explain himself to us. This is the respect you show me? Then he yells, Solo. He yells Solo's name. And he slammed the microphone down. Solo walks over to Sami Zayn, puts his hand on his shoulder, grabs his shirt, pulls out his thumb, and is about to give him the Samoan spike. And Sami was just going to eat it. All of a sudden, Jey Uso intervened and blocked the Samoan spike, headed right for Sami Zayn's jugular. And Jey Uso saved Sami Zayn in this segment. Heyman and Reigns, completely shocked, were staring at Jay Uso. Jay said, No disrespect is meant to the tribal chief, but I put together my own video in Sami Zayn's defense. So they went to June 3rd, 2022, with the Usos beating Riddle, or with Jay Uso beating Riddle, and Sami celebrating in the production truck and cueing Roman Reigns' music up, causing a distraction from Matt Riddle, which then gave the Usos the win. And that was all Sami Zayn. He helped the Usos beat Matt Riddle. Then August 19th, Drew McIntyre was about to land the Claymore kick on Roman Reigns. Sami took the bullet and shoved Reigns out of the way and ate the Claymore kick for Roman Reigns. If there's anything that really needs to be said here, That could be looked at as the one thing about Sami Zayn's loyalty to Roman Reigns and the bloodline. That right there. The tribal chief was about to eat a Claymore kick and Sami Zayn said, fuck this shit. I'm going to eat it for you. I got you. That's great defense there by Jey Uso. So, after that, they show a clip from September 9th. Sami taking a shot to the back with a chair that was aimed at Drew or by Drew at Solo. Then December 9th, Sammy prevented Sheamus from breaking up recovered cover. Jimmy Uso had on Butch. And then they go to November 26th. Clip of Sami Zayn stopping the referee from counting a pin by Kevin Owens, who was going to win war games for the Brawling Brutes, on Roman Reigns. And then low-blowing KO and delivering a Huluva kick, which led to the Usos getting the big Uso splash on KO and winning war games. Jey Uso put together a defense for, for Sami Zayn to present to Roman Reigns tonight here in the trial of Sami Zayn conducted by the bloodline. Fans applauded. Fans were cheering. Sami was over big time. Jey Uso saved Sami Zayn here. So, Jey told Reigns that it's right there on the tape for everyone to see. He said, Sammy has taken bullets for the entire bloodline, he then called Sammy his dog. He says he didn't trust him and despised him for quite a long time, but he saw the good in him the whole time and he never gave up on him. That right there is what family do, he says. He said the footage demonstrates loyalty and love to the family. He says, and Jay Uso says, I love Sammy Zayn like he's my own brother. Now, I don't want to sound like a snowflake. I don't want to sound like a wimp or a sissy. But I told you guys, when Sami Zayn gets kicked out of the bloodline, there will be grown men with tears in their eyes. Not saying that I was fucking bawling like I watched uh, somebody die on The Walking Dead. But I had a little bit of a watery substance start to form in my eyes when Jey Uso said to Sami Zayn that he loves him like a brother. Because we know where this storyline is going. We know where this storyline is going, and I loved everything about this. The fact that Jey Uso legitimately out of nowhere gets up and saves Sami Zayn was a nice change of pace. It was a nice little, hey, we're going to take you in this direction, and you're not going to know what's going to hit you. I thought it was great. I thought it was fantastic shit. Heyman was dismayed. He was he couldn't believe what he was hearing as he was standing behind Roman Reigns. He asked the fans if they wanted Sammy in the bloodline to throw their arms into the sky. And everyone in the crowd put the ones up for Sami Zayn. How over is Sami Zayn, bro? How over is Sami Zayn? Reigns stood up. Fans are chanting Sammy Uso. He said, as tribal chief and head of the table, he finds Sami Zayn not guilty. Heyman hung his head and looked to the sky. For now, he is not guilty, says Roman Reigns. He told him to finish out tonight, make the bloodline proud. Then I don't want to see you again until Saturday at the Royal Rumble. Go home, and then on Saturday, he'll deliver his final test. Whatever the fuck that means. Whatever that means. What is the final test? One can only guess. He said, then they'd see if Sami really is the bloodline or not. And that's the way the segment came to a close. Jey Uso, Jimmy Uso all hugged Sami Zayn, Roman Reigns, Paul Heyman, and Solo Sokoa, who did not show any emotion at all. He did not hug Sami Zayn. He was not Sami Zayn's Uso. He did not stand with his brothers with Sami Zayn. He walked with Roman. So Roman has Sami on his side and Solo is being very loyal to Roman because that's who pays the bills there. But I thought this segment was one of the best WWE segments of the last five years. Easy. I thought this was fucking fantastic. Everything about this segment is WWE at their best. Everything about this storyline is WWE at their best. Roman was fucking incredible. The emotion in Sami Zayn's face and, 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 and the body language emitted by Sami Zayn was incredible. Paul Heyman was incredible in this segment as the weasel and the fucking sniveling coward who's doing everything he can to show his allegiance to Roman Reigns. And he's got all this evidence that really didn't really amount to much of evidence as compared to Jay Uso doing whatever he can to sucker up to, to, to Roman Reigns. Jay Uso's inclusion in this, stepping up for Sami Zayn, Jimmy Uso siding with Sami Zayn, incredible long-term booking. You are getting a receipt for months of long-term booking. And how does it feel? How does it feel? This is what I stress to you, on every given week, on every given podcast that I give to you guys on this platform. When long-term booking is involved, the payoff is going to be that much better. There's nothing in pro wrestling right now that is near what WWE is doing with this storyline right now. Everybody was fucking great. And I loved everything about this. Now, what does Sami Zayn do for this final test? What is the final test of Sami Zayn? Nobody knows. One can can guess. One can make a logical guesstimation about what the final test will be for Sami Zayn. Is Roman going to have him go into the Royal Rumble and win the Royal Rumble and then give up his championship match at WrestleMania to Roman Reigns so he doesn't have to go to WrestleMania? Or will it be something along the lines of Sami Zayn being in the corner of Roman Reigns And Roman Reigns setting him up for that final test. And it's going to come down to Sami Zayn choosing one or the other. Helping Roman beat KO by having Sami do something to KO that he does not want to do. Or is it going to be Roman Reigns figuring out that Sami Zayn was never bloodline to begin with? I don't know. I don't know. Come Saturday, Sami Zayn may see the last day of Uss in the bloodline. No more Sami Uso. It will not be uss on Saturday night at the Royal Rumble. Mark my words. They waited this, this long. We got to this point, and it's going to be one of those things that is going to be overly emotional for everybody watching because we've invested so much time into it. Now, one other theory that I want to come up with here is the fact that Sami Zayn is right now looking at a situation where Jay Uso and Jimmy Uso are backing him and defying Roman Reigns. They put their name on the line, in the bloodline, to back Sami Zayn, who is not part of the Anawaii family. He's not part of the bloodline. Does something happen in this situation? Where Sammy walks away from the bloodline, sides with Kevin Owens. You know, a lot of people are making theories out there that Sami Zayn is going to be the one to walk away from the bloodline and realize that the bloodline's been using him and they don't really appreciate him. Or Roman, I should say, has been using him and doesn't really appreciate him. Is Roman going to beat down Sami Zayn because he's chosen Kevin Owens over the bloodline? Or is Sami Zayn going to be strong enough to walk away from the bloodline and then get beat up? I don't know. One or the other is going to happen. I just don't know which way they're going to swing. I think the more emotional route is Roman Reigns beating down Sami Zayn because he makes a fuck up, he messes up somehow, he doesn't really do what Roman Reigns wants him to do. It's going to be an emotional ride nonetheless. But at the end of all this, with, with, with Jay Uso and Jimmy Uso sticking their neck on the line for Sami Zayn, they're, they're going to be the ones to need to fix this mess. They're going to be the ones that Roman Reigns is going to send after Sami Zayn and Kevin Owens. And this is going to elite. what you What you saw tonight is going to lead to them getting the tag team title match at WrestleMania. And again, I told you guys for weeks now, I I don't think the Usos should be losing any any tag team championship match. Monday Night Raw tag team championship tonight against Judgment Day went exactly the way that it needed to. The winner of this SmackDown tag team tournament on Friday night, the winner of that, is going to wrestle the Usos. That's going to go exactly like tonight went against Judgment Day. Whoever wins that is going to lose to the Usos. And it should be. The Usos should not lose a single match, especially in the tag team capacity, before WrestleMania. That would defeat the purpose of everything you saw tonight and defeat the purpose of where we are going into WrestleMania. But the Usos, Jimmy and Jay Uso, are going to have to be the ones to clean up this mess because they are now sticking their necks, putting their names on the line for Sami Zayn. I thought this was fucking great. Everybody, everybody played their role This was one of the best segments on WWE TV in a very, very long time. One theory that was going around out there was that the contract signing on Friday, Kevin Owens signed the contract, didn't really even look at it, and threw the contract to Sami Zayn. A lot of people were saying, oh, well, what if Sami Zayn's name is on the contract and KO signed Sami Zayn to wrestle Roman Reigns at the Royal Rumble? Uh, That didn't make any sense to me. I don't know why anybody ran with that theory. Kevin Owens just has more than, he's got more than a fucking reason, more than enough reasons to go after the bloodline and Roman Reigns. He wants revenge. He wants a world championship. Roman Reigns and Kevin Owens have rich history, especially at the Royal Rumble. And why would Kevin Owens give up a world championship title match that he hasn't had in a very long time against Roman Reigns to put Sami Zayn's name on a contract? I didn't really understand that theory going around on Twitter. It didn't make sense to me. But that's what happens when you follow some no-name fucking hack on social media. That is a ridiculous, ridiculous notion. That was never a possibility and would never be a possibility. Triple H doesn't write like that and would not make Kevin Owens look good at the end of all this. It would make him look like a fucking idiot. Sami Zayn will get his at the, at the Elimination Chamber coming out of the Royal Rumble. There's no better main event match than Sami Zayn versus Roman Reigns in Montreal. Again, I don't know what happens at the Royal Rumble. We could, we could wait till the Elimination Chamber for the beatdown. No idea. No clue. But what we got tonight is fucking awesome. And I loved everything about this. This was one of the best segments on WWE TV. Cam G with a $100 Bomb! Oh, my goodness, Cam G. He says, so let me get this straight. They needed Ric Flair to put over his daughter to further this stomach-turning face turn for Flairbot. Luckily, I have I have OTS to cheer me up. Much love, JT, JD. OTS for life. Cam G, thank you so much, brother. Yes, Ric Flair came out to fucking put over his daughter even more so, man. I wish Ric Flair would just stay away. Absolutely a waste of my time. We'll get to that in a little bit. So we get this trial of Sami Zayn and we get into the tag team title match with the Usos and the Judgment Day. This was fan-fucking-tastic. The story was so good in this match. I did not expect the Judgment Day to win. A lot of people were like, oh, Judgment Day's got to win. No, no. I don't give a shit what you do. I don't give a shit who you are. If you thought Judgment Day should have won this match, man, you don't know jack shit about anything creatively in pro wrestling. You are not for the betterment of WWE. No way Judgment Day should have won this match, period. There's no reason why Judgment Day was going to go into WrestleMania as tag team champions. It's not about them. It's about the Usos. It's about Sami Zayn. That's where the championship chase needs to be, not with Judgment Day. No matter how good Balor and Priest have been, no matter how great Rhea Ripley's been, they will get their time. Right now, it's nobody's time, but the bloodline and Sami Zayn. So Priest wiped out both Usos with a flip dive early, hit Jimmy with a lariat for a two count. Dominic tagged in, and they did a doomsday device for two. Jay tagged, and the Usos handed out superkicks, a lot of them in this match. This was very super kick heavy which led to a two-count on Priest. Balor dropped Jay on the top turnbuckle, so the referee tossed him. Priest countered a splash into a cradle for a near fall. Jay superkick Priest, and Jimmy followed with a splash for a very close near fall. Jimmy hit a suicide dive but came up injured on the outside. Man, he fooled me for a millisecond. It was very believable with the way he started pounding on the mat. And I'm like, is this real? It made me second-guess for a second because the dive itself looked innocent. It it didn't look like he rolled anything. He didn't land particularly awkward or hard on the floor. And then all of a sudden, he he starts pounding the mat. Referee goes out there, checks on him. You hear the mics pick up all of this. They made it sound as realistic as possible. All of a sudden, you see the referee do the X. And I'm like, oh, shit. Is this really happening right now? Then all of a sudden, Jimmy is being helped up by Sami Zayn and Jay Uso. Referees come out from the back. Adam Pearce comes out from the back. And he says, if Jimmy can't continue, he has to do what is right per the laws of a title match and must forfeit the titles. The bloodline must forfeit the titles to the judgment day. Priest was already asking for the titles because he wanted a cheap victory here. And thought that they should be awarded the championships if Jimmy Uso can't continue the match. Zayn stepped in and said he would take Jay's place. And I'm like, yes. Yes. So when that happened, you knew this was all kayfabe. You knew this was all storyline. And you knew this was going to be all a part of the Sami Zayn night tonight. And giving him that loyalty, proving Roman Reigns wrong, at least for this Monday night, as he retains the tag team championships with with Jey Uso in this match with the Judgment Day. So Adam Pearce says, well, I did it for the Judgment Day. I let them continue the gauntlet match while Finn Balor went down with injury. I let Dominic Mysterio take his place in the gauntlet match. I'm going to do the same thing for Sami Zayn. Let's continue the match. So we got Sami Uso. And Jay Uso continuing this match for the Bloodline. So Zayn is in there now. He took out Judgment Day with a big dive. He was distracted by Priest, allowing Dominic to apply a schoolboy with his feet on the rope. Oh, my God, did I thought that was the end of the match. Holy shit. That was a very close near fall with the schoolboy and the leverage pin on the ropes. Rio Ripley was a fucking pest. In this match, distracted the referee, allowing Priest to hit a choke slam on Sami Zayn. And Dominic made a cover for another close near fall. I thought that could have easily been the match. Jay popped back in, handed out more super kicks. Rhea Ripley gets in. He's super kicking everybody. He goes to super kick again and sees Rhea Ripley standing there in the ring, and he stops his super kick. This distraction allowed Dominic to shove Jay into the ropes. Hit a 619, Dominic follow with a frog splash, but Sami Zayn jumps out of frame, breaks up the cover, and the Usos are still alive. Three very good near falls that could have been it for the bloodline and Sami Zayn. Zayn made a blind tag before Jay superkicked Dom. Jay and Zayn gave Dom the 1 D. Sami Zayn did some early celebrating, went for a cover. One, two, three. And the Usos, Jay Uso and Sami Zayn retain the Raw Tag Team titles here against the Judgment Day. This was excellent. The near falls were excellent. The kayfabe injury to Jimmy Uso was a beautiful touch to get Sami Zayn further along in this storyline, backing with the Usos. Right? He did the deed. He filled in. He took it upon himself to fill in for Jimmy. He won the match. And Roman Reigns and Paul Heyman with solo were watching on in the back. Roman, I don't know if Roman looked pleased or not, but he uttered what he uttered earlier in the night. All right, he did his thing. Now we can go home, and I won't want to see him again till the Royal Rumble. I thought this was fucking great. This was easily one of the best first hours of WWE television within the last 12 to 24 months. Easy, easy. This was fantastic shit. If Monday Night Raw, this is what I say, man. This is what everybody says. If Monday Night Raw was two hours, imagine this being one of the two hours on Monday Night Raw. Imagine the quality of show you would be getting every fucking week, man. The feeling of going into next week's show, you wanting to watch, and the urge, I can't wait for Monday Night Raw. When this show drags out for three hours, it's like, Jesus fucking Christ, man, how long is this show? How long is this shit? Imagine this was one of two hours on Monday night if Raw was two hours. This was great, great, great shit. Loved it. So we won't see Sami Zayn on Friday, and we got Kevin Owens versus Solo Sokoa, and then we get to the Royal Rumble on Saturday, and what's going to happen there, man, is anybody's guess. I don't know. It's going to be great. We're in for a wild ride, man. I don't know where we're going with this. I don't. And I'm here for it. Our payoff is going to be tremendous. And Saturday may be that payoff. JBL. He's there with Baron Corbin. And we got another poker game happening on Monday Night Raw. They bumped into the Godfather. He was there. No hoes, though. Godfather did not have any scantily clad women of the night. You know, it's a PG show after all, right? They might cancel the Godfather if that's the case who told them that they're not on the list that he had for the poker game. JBL asked if he could speak to the owner. Godfather knocked on the door, which said APA on it. Ron Simmons stepped out. JBL and Ron Simmons hugged. Obviously, they are the APA or were the APA. Simmons introduced him to Corbin and said he wanted him to be on the list for their poker game. Corbin showed off his stack of money, and Simmons says, yes, yes, we can make room for him after all. For tonight's festivities, they walked through a door that was just sitting in the middle of the backstage area, and they made their way over to the four poker tables in the back. Diamond Dallas Page, Ted DiBiase, Alundra Blaze were all sitting down playing poker with the rest of the WWE talent who was not booked for this show. So we got another poker game, and it's innocent fun at the end of the day just to simply get them all on the show. This really had no bearing on the show creatively. Uh, It didn't lead to any matches coming out of the poker game like it did last time we saw this. Innocent fun and just a nice TV time filler for WWE. L.A. Night. We get L.A. Night on Monday Night Raw, man. You guys get a a taste of what we're getting on Friday nights with L.A. Night. Gotta love Los Angeles Night. He's in the ring. He makes his way down the aisle. Is in the ring. He says, legends in the back are living on past glory. Legends such as Bray Wyatt living in his past glory, right? He says, if any of those legends have enough tingles in their loins, come on out. So he's inviting anybody to come out to the ring. All of a sudden, the Undertaker's bell and gong sound, and the lights went dark All of a sudden, The Undertaker's American badass biker theme, Kid Rock, comes out to Kid Rock. And LA Knight is in the ring laughing because Taker had trouble getting his motorcycle through the curtain and through Gorilla. He eventually made his way down the aisle and the motorcycle went around the ring. And it's been over 20 years since we've seen this version of The Undertaker on WWE TV. I don't know whose favorite version of The Undertaker is the American Badass, but I mean, I enjoyed the American Badass, but let's be real, folks. There's nothing greater than the Dead Man gimmick. Anybody that says that they are choosing the biker gimmick over the Dead Man gimmick, I mean, I honestly think you're reaching with that one. Nothing, and I mean nothing, tops the Dead Man especially the early day dead man, nothing. He got off his bike night. He ran to the outside. He asked for the music to be cut. He says, listen, I heard what you said on the Joe Rogan podcast, uh uh-oh, about the locker room being full of softies. He says he agrees, and Bray is at the top of that list. He says he doesn't fall under that umbrella. He said takers should think of the irony of the headline they can create. He then says, LA Knight sends The Undertaker to The Undertaker. I laughed at that. Pardon me for my cheesy humor. I laughed at that. He said he'd give him a pass, though. He backed away and says he's going to let him live to see another day and enjoy retirement. He told him to watch the pitch-black match at the Royal Rumble because after that, he'll be known as the Prince of Darkness. The lights went out again as L.A. Knight is standing in the aisleway. Then Bray Wyatt's theme played, and he backed into Bray, who was standing in the aisleway holding his lantern. And he goes into the ring as Bray is kind of advancing him in the aisleway. The lights come back on. He gets into the ring, and the Undertaker chokes him out, grabs him by the throat, And he holds him there for a good 10 to 12 seconds. He looks over at Bray Wyatt, who gets into the ring. He takes L.A. Knight via this chokehold. He shoves L.A. Knight into Bray Wyatt, who then delivers Sister Abigail. Undertaker walks towards Bray Wyatt, whispers something in his ear. Fans chanted, holy shit. And that's the way the segment came to an end. And he left on his motorcycle to the American badass theme. I thought this was good. I thought this was good stuff. This could have been a lot worse. This could have been The Undertaker fucking slamming L.A. Knight and burying L.A. Knight right before his match against Bray Wyatt at the Royal Rumble. We did not get that. If this was Vince McMahon booking this show, we would have gotten L.A. Knight getting a chokeslam and a tombstone and then the rest in peace. But that did not happen here. The Undertaker took L.A. Knight, and what I looked at here, what I took away from this segment was symbolic. It looked like to me that The Undertaker took L.A. Knight, passed him off to Bray Wyatt, then whispered something in his ear after the Sister Abigail was done to L.A. Knight. It was almost as if it was a passing of the torch, or it was a, a passing of the face of fear, of WWE, who knows what Undertaker whispered to Bray Wyatt, but I'm sure it was something special. Undertaker reportedly is a big, big advocate for Bray Wyatt, so much so that he talked to to Vince McMahon back when he was still an active performer, and Bray Wyatt was doing his thing. And right before Undertaker started to slowly, slowly start to step away for good, he told Vince McMahon to take care of Bray Wyatt, which obviously did not happen because The Fiend was fucking destroyed Via Vince McMahon. But Undertaker is a huge advocate for Bray Wyatt. There's a lot to like with what Bray Wyatt is doing. I just hope that they know where they're going with this. And I'm very curious to know what he's doing at WrestleMania. And how he's going to fit into WrestleMania plans. And with who. What type of version of Bray Wyatt are we going to get at the Royal Rumble? Are we going to get The Fiend? Are we going to get Uncle Howdy? Are we uh, going to get a brand new Bray Wyatt that we haven't seen before? We don't even know what a pitch black match is. All I know is that Mountain Dew has a pitch black soda that you that you couldn't pay me to drink. We don't know anything going into Roll. We are basically watching something unfold that we have no idea about. We are legitimately in the pitch black darkness ourselves as a fan base. Should be interesting. I hope they don't fuck it up. But this segment could have been a lot worse. And I'm going to... You know, I I mentioned this once or twice before. You know, I'm not afraid to admit this because I've enjoyed the Bray Wyatt gimmick. And I've enjoyed the Bray Wyatt return for the most part. Is it getting a little stale? Is it getting a little samey? Yes. I need answers. We need answers at the Royal Rumble. We need some reveal. We need to know who who Uncle Howdy is. We need to know who's under the mask. We, We need some advancement at the Royal Rumble. This is a big, big, big show. We need something of substance on Saturday night. I've enjoyed what Bray Wyatt's done. I'm happy that he's back. I love his creativity. But I would be lying to you if I did not say that L.A. Knight hasn't stole the fucking show here. L.A. Knight is the star of this program. L.A. Knight has gotten himself over in this feud with Bray Wyatt. Some people are saying they would rather L.A. Knight get the win over Bray Wyatt. I I don't see that happening because Bray Wyatt hasn't wrestled since he's gotten back to the WWE At Extreme Rules. Bray Wyatt's not losing this match on Saturday night. But LA Knight, come Saturday, with an inevitable loss, he's got a lot to be proud about, man. He stood his own against a daunting task of Bray Wyatt. And he's come out looking better for it. And that's all you could really ask. Honestly. LA Knight's going to be a superstar in WWE. So much so that he's already my early favorite to win Money in the Bank. He's going to do big things, man. I love LA Knight. He's going to be fucking great. Looking forward to that match on Saturday. I hope that they know what they're doing. I really hope so. They went backstage to the poker game. Alundra Blaze, DDP, Baron Corbin, Otis, and Chad Gable were playing poker. Alundra Blaze won the first hand. DDP won the next hand. Alundra Blaze had a full house. DDP had a straight flush. Karen Corbin later on the show had four aces. I mean, at least make it realistic. What are the odds? Seriously, I play poker. What are the odds of you getting a straight flush or a, a fucking four aces? I, like, I don't understand that. At least make it realistic. When would something that a normal fucking poker player could obtain in a poker game? Full house is something that's easily attainable, right? A regular straight, off suit, not a straight flush. I mean, they give you the most outlandish fuck. Yeah, DDP, I got a straight flush. Yeah, Barrett, I got four aces, four of a kind. Are you fucking kidding me? That's why I don't like these poker games, man. They're so fucking unrealistic. We move on to the ladies. Yes, they are cheating. They have to be cheating. Make it realistic, man. Moving on to the ladies. I was excited about the steel cage match. I was looking forward to the steel cage match between Becky Lynch and Bayley on Monday Night Raw. Now, Becky Lynch, she makes her way down the aisle, and Bayley makes her way down the aisle. The match never gets started. The match never gets started. So, Becky approached the cage door... EO and Dakota attack Becky Lynch before she gets to the cage. Bailey then kicked the cage door into Becky's face, and they lock Becky inside the cage and lock the fucking door with a padlock chain. So they triple teamed Becky Lynch inside the cage. Adam Pierce comes out. He starts yelling at them from the outside. He uses a metal bolt cutter to open up the door. Bailey, Sky, and Kai beat up. Becky Lynch so badly that they left her in the middle of the ring and they climbed the cage and sat on top of the cage, proud of the work that they have done to Becky Lynch. And that's the way the segment came to a close. We got no steel cage match, we got no Becky versus Bailey, nothing. After this match was advertised and given a whole segment last week for a setup for this week's show. Now, I don't like when WWE baits and switches us as fans for something of this magnitude, okay? I was thinking, all right, maybe we get damage control out of the picture and we get this match happening later in the show. They'll just redo it later in the show. We didn't even get that. This match was one and done and over with, and we never seen any of these women ever again for the rest of the show. And there's a reason for that. Fightful Select is reporting that the entrances and the match were scheduled for two segments, but they had to cut things short because of the opening segment with the bloodline running long. Several segments had to be trimmed, but the most affected thing on the show was the cage match between Bailey and Becky Lynch. Positive note, instead of doing a shorter match, they did an angle that can set up a future match between Bailey. and Becky And Becky Lynch. They could always go and do a steel cage match again at a later date on a Monday Night Raw. I know everybody was looking forward to it tonight because it really, you know, gave the show some hype and some shine coming into Monday night. But I'm going to be brutally honest with you guys, and some of you might not want to hear this, but Bayley... And damage control. I've said this for weeks. I'm not the only podcast that, that that's st- stated this in regards to damage control. I love Bailey. I think Bailey is fucking great, and I love EO. But the damage control faction itself has been a complete failure. It hasn't gotten over. Nobody cares. There's no heats. There's no interest in anything that they do, and they are the women's tag team champions. Nobody cares. Nobody cares. And I'm sorry to say, this match got cut. This match got cut for time. The steel cage match was cut from the show. You know, I was kind of disappointed because I was looking forward to a steel cage match and the show going on as advertised. But at the end of the night, when we didn't get this match, it did not bother me one bit. I was not upset that we didn't get the match. I didn't really care that we didn't get Becky Lynch and Bayley wrestling on tonight's show. Do you want to know why? It's because most of what's going on here is absolutely irrelevant. There's zero heat in anything that's going on. This is a mid-card program in the women's division that hasn't really gone anywhere, and the lack of interest is very noticeable. I don't care. I don't care. You're going to give the bloodline more time. You're going to really give the bloodline more time to do what they want. Because it's the most important storyline in WWE in a very, very long time. So the fact that the bloodline cut into Becky and Bailey, good. Good. I'd rather watch what's going on with Sammy and the bloodline more so than Bailey and Becky in a nothing feud that will amount to nothing. You got to pick and choose which is more important, Bailey and Becky or the bloodline, Sammy Zane. I'm sorry, I'm going to go with the bloodline eight days out of seven. Give me a break with this shit. I'm sorry. We'll get it at some other time. They'll do whatever they got to do in the Royal Rumble. They can take the next steps in the Royal Rumble. Well, I'm sure we'll see Bailey and Becky. Maybe there will be two of the four in the final four for the ladies inside the Royal Rumble. We don't know. But I'm not going to fucking be upset over the fact that the bloodline cut into Becky Lynch and Bailey. Who gives a shit? The bloodline makes the show better. Sami Zayn makes the show, the, the show better. Becky and Bailey do not. And it's not because of what they're doing. It's because the division sucks, the writing sucks, and everything that WWE's done with the women since Triple H has been there hasn't really changed at all. The lack of focus in the women's division is very noticeable. So I don't really care. Moving on. We got freeze frames throughout the show with background music of all the old Monday Night Raw theme songs. I thought that was one of the best parts of the night. I love looking at the old footage. I love hearing the old throwback songs, the old throwback themes. Nothing compares to the old themes, man. Oh, I don't know where they're going into the future with these new theme songs. I love the look of the old Monday Night Raw logo. The early 90s, the Attitude Era Raw. I, I love it, man. I love the old school look. WWE had such a great presentation tonight. And I really wish they would mix some of the old school with the new school and really present it in the current product on Monday night. Everything just feels too, so polished. Everything feels so produced. I was mentioning this to somebody else tonight while we were watching the show via text. I'm like, man, do I miss the old school Monday Night Raws? Man, It was gritty. It was dark. It was grungy. Everything is so fucking overproduced and pretty, and it's got this polish and shine to it. I get it. I get it. They're an entertainment company, but when I watch pro wrestling, I like to see that grit. I like to see that grunginess, you know? That's what Monday Night Raw was. They were raw back in the day. They're not so raw in 2023. So I love those those freeze-frame segments with the background music playing. Degeneration X. I know a lot of people are tired of DX and their old man shtick doing the fucking suck it and all this other nonsense. I get it. But I laughed at this for a good five minutes after it was over. I thought tonight's Degeneration X Legend segment was fucking hilarious. Degeneration X made their way to the ring. Shawn Michaels, Triple H, Road Dog, X Pac, and no. Daddy ass. Daddy ass was not there tonight. Could not be on Monday Night Raw tonight. He is an AEW employee. All of a sudden, I knew I saw Kurt Angle there, but I didn't know why he was there. And I don't know how any of DX did not see Kurt Angle. He was walking behind DX. And in the shot when DX was getting into the ring, he was kind of Lingering about on the stairs to the ring. He was on the apron. He gets in the ring. Nobody knew that Kurt Angle was there. Commentary didn't mention Kurt Angle. Nobody called out Kurt Angle just standing there. He looked like a lost fucking puppy out there. Nobody recognized Kurt Angle in this segment until Road Dog took the microphone. So, Road Dog, he does his intro spiel, Tag Team Champions of the World, you know the whole thing, the whole, the whole, the whole nine. And he goes Road Dog, Jesse James, and then he points over to, and he was about to say Badass Billy Gunn, and he turned. He says Badass, and says Kurt, Kurt Angle. What are you doing out here? Angle said, "Well, I always wanted to be a part of Degeneration X." He took off his t-shirt. And revealed he had a DX shirt on. Michaels told Angle, well, if you want to be a part of DX, you're going to have to pass a test if you want to be in. Triple H asked, are you ready? Angle asked, is that the test? Triple H says, never mind. And then he asked the crowd, are you ready? And then all of a sudden, Triple H's shtick, where he tells the crowd to suck it, was interrupted by Imperium. We got Gunther, Ludwig Kaiser, and Giovanni Vinci walking out, and they are about to go to town on Degeneration generation X because you know the mat is sacred to Imperium, and they are going to have a problem with DX antics. So we get Imperium in the ring, and Gunther says that they're celebrating themselves for making a mockery of this great, great sport. He says, they are there to kick them out of the ring unless any of them can do something about it. Triple H stepped up to Gunther and then backed down and said, nope, I'm retired, dude. I'm retired. Michaels then walks up and says, nope, I'm retired as well. See you later. Fans are chanting, HBK, HBK. He says, "No, no, no, I'm too old. Um, I'm too old for this. Sean Waltman, Xbox, says, well... You're going to leave it up to me. Uh, listen, I have a bad case of shin splints, he says. Road dog then says, you know what? I'm not even going to bother. Ah, I'm old. I'm old. Triple H everyone to huddle up. Angle watched from a distance. He was in the ring just watching everything go down. He was like a lost soul out there. Triple H then says, you know what? Kurt said, Kurt Angle said he'd fight you. He tells Gunther, now, that's a match I'd love to see back in the day, man. Imagine, imagine Kurt Angle in his prime against Gunther now. Oh, oh my goodness. Angle says he would not fight Gunther. Triple H said that, uh, well, listen, we're, we're, we're in a bit of a pickle here. We're in a little bit of a jam. And he wishes that there were somebody else who'd like to fight them. Out comes Seth Rollins. Crowd is singing his song. He shows up. But Seth Rollins is only one guy. Sean Waltman says, well, there's only one Seth Rollins and there's three Imperium. So he said it would be great if there was another team back there who could even things out. Out come the Street Profits. They came out. Road Dog says, well, we need to make this official now that the Street Profits are out here. Triple H asked, he's looking at everybody. Why is everybody looking at me? Triple H is asking, why is everybody looking at me? He says, this booking stuff isn't easy, you know? So at least we got Triple H having a little, you know, joke about it out there that he is leading creative. And he says, it's not like you can make decisions on the fly and everyone does what you want. If only someone could come out here and make sense of this situation. Crowd began to boo. The crowd began to boo when he says, I wish somebody would come out here and make sense of this situation. There was a little part of the crowd that thought Vince McMahon was going to come out and make sense of this situation. They were booing because they thought Vince was coming out. Vince did not come out. We got Teddy Long to come out there, player. He's out there dancing, and he dances onto the stage. Long then booked the six-man tag team match. We're going to have Gunther and Imperium versus Seth Rollins and the Street Profits in a six-man tag team match, player and we get the match, and we're off and running. Kurt Angle then said, uh, well, Triple H says, well, all right, the match is official. We could use a special guest referee. They all huddle up again. Angle says, guys, hey, I got a, I got an idea. Triple H is like, Kurt, we're talking here. We're coming up with a plan for a referee. Guys, I got an idea. He says what? Kurt Angle says, I could be the special guest referee. He takes off his DX shirt and revealed a red, white, and blue Referee shirt. And the match was official. Angle is the special guest referee. I don't know why I laughed at all this. I mean, it's fucking old geezers out there, right? And Triple H with DX. We got Road Dog, who's out of shape. We got X Pac. We got Shawn Michaels. We got Triple H. We got DX. Everybody's in their fucking 40s and 50s, right? 50s. Never mind 40s. How old is X Pac? He's got to be in his 50s, right? All out there, man. This entire segment was basically DX saying that they were old and telling you that they were old. And then we get them leading the charge to give way to the youth. This was a great use of, of, of DX. This could, again, this could have, this could have went a lot worse. You guys remember the last anniversary show that they did from the Manhattan Center? When FTR, the revival were on Monday Night Raw, And they had all of the click in the ring. Finn Balor and the club were in the ring. And they all beat the shit out of Dax and Cash. Remember that? That could have been this. But Triple H respects his NXT guys a lot more than he did uh, whatever was going on then. Because Vince was in charge. And that was a Vince call. And Vince didn't like FDR. This This could have been a lot worse than what it was. So I'm glad this was very innocent in nature here on Monday night. This match went 13 minutes. Nothing really over the top here. Really nothing new. Crowd was kind of, I wouldn't say dead for this, but they didn't really pop for this at all. They popped for Seth Rollins' theme song, but really nothing else. I I don't know what it was. Maybe they're not too familiar with Imperium, but Dawkins, he hit Ford, uh, uh, Dawkins and Ford hit dives on Gunther, and Gunther cut them off. And Rollins, before, he could do the same and hit a powerbomb for a two-count. Rollins came back with strikes and an angle slam. Rollins worked together with the Street Profits, gave Kaiser a big double-team blockbuster. Rollins gave Gunther a pedigree he rolled out of the ring. Dawkins gave Giovanni Vinci a spinebuster Fro- uh, frog splash by Montez Ford, and Rollins to a curb stomp for the one two three. And the babyfaces go over Imperium. As long as Gunther wasn't pinned, I'm okay with that. But Imperium seem to be the setup guys in Imperium. They are taking a lot of L's as of late. So we'll see what happens with them moving forward. I think Imperium are the best tag team outside of the Usos in WWE. They may be the best overall tag team in all of WWE, and you may not even know it. I think they're fucking incredible. Rollins and the Profits win. Very innocent match. Good uh, DX segment. I, I enjoyed that thoroughly. And the babyfaces get the win. Ted DiBiase was backstage. Speaking of tag teams, I loved Money Incorporated back in the day. They cut to a poker game backstage, still in progress. Corbin presented DiBiase with four aces, which is unrealistic. DiBiase slammed his cards down and left as Corbin and JBL picked up the pile of cash. So they thought they won the poker game. IRS Irwin R. Scheister showed up and told them not to forget to pay their taxes. He put all their winnings in his empty briefcase. And Baron Corbin says, do we get anything? And IRS generously handed him one, one $100 bill. That was it. And then that was it. Ron Simmons did his damn. And that was the end of the poker game. Kathy Kelly interviewed Bobby Lashley backstage about facing Austin Theory in the main event. She asked why it became a no-DQ match. WWE announced this match as a no-DQ match earlier in the night. He says, that means there's no excuses and no way out for Theory. He said he'd still be the United States champion if not for Brock Lesnar. There's the Lesnar mention. He said he dealt with Brock and now he's going to tear Theory apart and win his title back. MVP walked up and asked Kelly for a word with Lashley, please, honey. Can I talk to my guy here? So he offered help and then said that they could celebrate later together. Lashley says, I don't need your help to win back the title. And he wants to handle business in his own way. MVP says, okay, you go handle your business then. So MVP still still trying to get the Hurt Business back together. Mention of Brock Lesnar here by Bobby Lashley, which kind of gave you a foreshadowing of what was to come in this main event with Brock Lesnar possibly looming in the shadows, continuing his feud with Bobby Lashley heading into this WrestleMania season. Ric Flair, he walked out, music playing, stylish yellow suit with black paint kind of all over it. It was a nice-looking suit. He had a nice blue, I I believe, a a greenish-gold suit he was wearing. He looked good. Ric Flair looked good out there. He said, diamonds are forever. And so is Monday Night Raw. He let out a big woo! He said WWE has given him so much, but the greatest gift they've given him is to watch his daughter exceed all of his goals. He says he is so honored as a father and a wrestler and a man to introduce her. He calls her the greatest woman champion in WWE history. That's easy for you to say when the company books your daughter With the effort that they do, if they put put that much effort into everybody else, then Charlotte wouldn't be the greatest women's champion in company history. It's easy when they got the whole fucking writing staff writing for one woman. Charlotte then walked out, and she's going to cut a promo here. Just exactly what we need on this Monday night. I was just enjoying this fucking show. Charlotte's cutting this promo, and I I can't believe a single word out of her mouth. She says it was on Raw where they began to revolutionize women's wrestling. Yes, they revolutionized women's wrestling. And then she fails to mention the women that revolutionized the women's division before Charlotte did. It's funny how that works. She says they revolutionized women's wrestling... And if you look at the women's wrestling, if you look at women's wrestling in WWE now and you look at the women's division, it's anything but revolutionized. It's one of the worst segments on weekly television when it comes to Raw and SmackDown. No effort. No effort at all. So, she listed opponents that she's been in the ring with. Ronda Rousey, Nikki and Brie Bella, Asuka, Rhea Ripley. Very interesting list about who she excluded on this list and who she included. She mentioned Asuka. Fine, Asuka. Asuka is a very integral part of the women's revolution. Rhea Ripley. What has Rhea Ripley done? What does Rhea Ripley have anything to do with Charlotte Flair? Rhea Ripley and Charlotte Flair had one of the worst feuds of the modern era. Rhea Ripley and Charlotte had a decent match that Rhea Ripley should have won at WrestleMania. And she mentions Brie and Nikki Bella. I mean, you're talking about the Divas era. We're not talking about this current revolutionized women's division. They weren't a part of that. Then you got Ronda Rousey. Ronda Rousey, who started off with one of the best rookie years in WWE history, only to turn around and be an absolute fest, an absolute disgrace in this current run for WWE. She didn't revolutionize shit this year. She brought the entire division around her and the championship down all year. But I find it funny how Charlotte Flair failed to mention Bailey, Becky Lynch, and good old Sasha Banks. Now, I didn't think Mercedes was going to get mentioned on Monday Night Raw. I'm throwing it out there for all the plebeians who are looking at this podcast tonight and watching Monday Night Raw tonight and wondering, what is Charlotte Flair talking about? Couldn't have been done without Sasha. Couldn't have been done without Bailey. You are not allowed to use the word revolutionized in the same fucking sentence with these other women and then not include Bailey and Sasha Banks. I'm sorry. That's just the truth of the matter. They are the ones who started it all at TakeOver in Brooklyn on that night. It's that match that gave way to everything you see now on television. Please tell me when I am telling lies. You can't. So Charlotte and the fact that she was given this fucking bullet point to come out here and make, it makes her sound fucking stupid. At least mention Becky. It's only going to add fuel to the fire about them not liking each other Because of whatever differences that they may have. Becky Lynch is not a part of the revolution? I'm sorry. Becky Lynch stole your main event spot at WrestleMania 35 away. I'm sorry, Charlotte. Would you like a box of fucking Kleenex? You're lucky Becky Lynch got as hot as she did. Because if you were in the main event with Ronda, it would have been that much worse. You were only there as a third wheel. Get used to it. Nothing that Charlotte has done has revolutionized shit. 14 title reigns doesn't mean Charlotte's revolutionized a division. Nobody watching me can come up with a single solitary fucking moment that revolutionized the business from Charlotte Flair's perspective. Nothing. She's had great matches. But nothing that I'm going to go back and watch on the WWE Network is, oh my God, holy shit. Nothing. There's not one Charlotte Flair title reign that will live on as memorable. It's got to eat her alive. Again, please tell me when I'm not telling the truth. Bianca Belair came out, and, you know, I see what WWE's doing here. You know, I, I don't even know why Charlotte needed even to be on their show. Why, why was Charlotte on their show? She's not a part of Monday Night Raw. She's the SmackDown Women's Champion. What the fuck is she doing here? Bianca Belair comes out. She says she respects everything Charlotte has done for the business. She said, just not here because I go here now. She said she does everything she can to be sure Raw is the greatest show on television, which it is not, which it is not. I prefer AEW Dynamite over Monday Night Raw on most weeks. I prefer SmackDown over Monday Night Raw on most weeks. She then was interrupted by Sonia Deville. She said, sorry to break up the powwow here in the ring, but this is a big night in Raw history, and all they are doing is talking about themselves. She asked if it was necessary to fly her daddy to Raw for a big introduction to a show she's not even wanted on. I'm sorry. Is Sony Deville lying? Is Sony Deville lying? Sounds like truth to me. She asks Belair if she really thinks people watch Raw because of her. No, nobody watches Monday Night Raw because of Bianca Belair. I'll tell you that straight on. Nobody watches Monday Night Raw because Bianca Belair is on Monday Night Raw. She ex Belair, if she really thinks people watch Raw because of her. She asked, "What about those on Raw who don't get the spotlight every week?" There's a lot of people on Monday Night Raw that don't get the spotlight. But Charlotte Flair is on Monday Night Raw. She don't even go here, and she's getting a spotlight over all the other women that actually do work Monday night. She said she wanted recognition. She used to be the, uh, the Raw General Manager for over a year. Charlotte says she owes her for the cheap shot last Friday. She told Belair to handle her. Belair says it'll be her pleasure to take care of Sonia. Belair told DeVille to get in the ring and be the center of my attention. So what I gather here is that Charlotte is a coward. And she doesn't want to fight Sonia DeVille. I'm sorry, when am I supposed to be in? When, when does the interesting part happen? Where's the interesting aspect of what's going on in this division? Going to come up and wow me and punch me in the face, man, and get me excited. Bianca Belair and that we haven't seen this match in, in what? Three weeks? Four weeks? How many times have we seen this? We've seen this at least six or seven times over the last, I don't know, four or five months. Why is this happening on this show? Why is this the best that you got for the women's division? Why is there no effort? in anything that happens in these divisions. SmackDown's division is terrible. Monday Night Raw's division, outside of Rhea Ripley and a couple of others, Bailey, Becky maybe, is shit. The writing sucks. The writing sucks. I'm going to let you guys in on a little secret right now, and I want to see everybody call me a fucking Tony Khan dick rider and an AEW shill, and I'm on the AEW payroll. Because you know I've been just as critical of their division Than anybody else. And I've said for months that there's no direction in that women's division. AEW's put on some damn good shows in the last three or four weeks. The women's division is picking up pace. If you don't think so, you're clearly not watching the show. There is focus in that women's division, there is an ongoing storyline that is going to lead to something big happening this year, happening right now in that division. We are on the verge of getting Mercedes in that division. Tony Storm has a major role in that division. Britt Baker's playing her role. Jamie Hayter has been incredible, right? Soraya is doing her part. Hikaru Shida's is involved. We got Ruby Soho involved. We got WWE women that were once upon a time in WWE on AEW television banning together. And we got the AEW originals kind of banning together as well. I predict we are heading for the first ever women's blood and guts match In AEW, five-on-five. It's going to be WWE. It's going to be the WWE, ex-WWE stars against the OGs in the AEW women's division. And that's what's going to be blood and guts. As far as I'm concerned, Tony Khan is more focused in his women's division than, than WWE's had since Triple H has taken over. And Triple H is a huge advocate for women's wrestling. So why, if Tony Khan is now all of a sudden starting to show focus in his women's division, why can't Triple H and WWE do the same thing with WWE's ladies? I'm sorry, folks. I'm sorry. Please tell me when I'm telling lies. If you don't think there's focus in the AW women's division, you're clearly not watching the fucking product. Because there's hell of a lot more focus than what we see on Friday night. And there's much more focus than what we see on Monday night. This shit sucks. I'm sorry. Bianca beats Sonia Deville, KOD, nine minutes. Who gives a shit? Certainly not me. After the match was over, Belair says she hasn't forgotten about Alexa Bliss. She said that was just a preview of what she'll be doing to Bliss at the Royal Rumble. Bliss interrupted from the big screen backstage Bliss says that she is her only obstacle. She said she doesn't need Uncle Howdy or Bray Wyatt to tear her face open with her bare hands. She said she'll spare her eyes so she can watch her walk out with the Raw Women's Championship. I actually like this promo by Alexa Bliss. It was short. It was to the point. And it wasn't overly magical or fucking, you know, spooky. Or there wasn't any magic. Or anything like that. Supernatural bullshit. Alexa Bliss came off like somebody who is just a creepy fucking bitch. One of those bitches you'd see in those uh, really fucked up horror movies, right? That's possessed. This was a good type of possessed. I like this. I thought this was fine. Quick, to the point. And I don't think Alexa Bliss is going to win the Raw Women's Championship. I think that would be a terrible idea. And I don't know why. I'm still thinking about why Charlotte shared a segment with Bianca Belair... Are we getting teased? Is this a potential Easter egg? A potential tease for Charlotte versus Bianca Belair at WrestleMania? I hope to God that is not the case. You guys know where I stand on that. Bianca should be defending that title against Rhea Ripley at WrestleMania. No one else. And Charlotte, you guys know what I feel. I think Naomi coming back and winning the Royal Rumble on Saturday and her leading the charge straight to WrestleMania and Charlotte Flair for the SmackDown Women's Championship is the right way to go. Maria Ripley wins the Elimination Chamber. Naomi wins the Royal Rumble. There you go, man. We get the best of both worlds. Very simple. That is if Naomi does come back on Saturday, which I do predict she will. I think she's back with WWE. So We'll see what happens. But those are my two matches. Those are my two pitches for WrestleMania. We got a new WWE 2K23 trailer. John Cena is the cover star. People are having a fucking heart attack on social media over a fucking cover in a video game. There are more pressing issues to talk about. Why isn't anybody talking about the lack of fucking modes that have changed? everybody's like, oh, John Cena's on the cover. I can't stand John Cena. Why does he deserve it? He doesn't really deserve it. He should go to a current superstar. I'm sorry. John Cena is a Hall of Fame fucking legend, first ballot Hall of Famer. He's been there for 20 fucking years, has one of the best histories and best careers in any out of anybody in WWE. He's up there with the greatest and the most elite of all time, and you're complaining about John Cena getting a focus in the new WWE 2K23 game. It is very difficult to have the career John Cena has had, so why not depict that in a video game? You're complaining about him being on the fucking cover of a video game. Everybody's freaking, oh my God, they added war games to the the match type. I'm sorry, we got no gameplay per usual for 2K. We got nothing as far as game modes. It's the same shit. They basically are giving you a rehash Of last year, it is going to move the same, it is going to feel as clunky as last year, and it's going to be the same terrible writing with the same terrible career mode that you got last year, and you fucking idiots are going to pay another $70 for the same fucking game that you paid for last year. Couldn't take last year's game and just update it and add these things to the current title. Or is that too out of my realm of possibility? These fucking people, man, they love to suck you of all their money. That's it. That's it. The game sucked last year. I gave up on it after fucking one month. It was boring. Nothing changed. Nothing. It's like the women's division in WWE. Rehash. Let me know when Fight Forever comes out. Then you'll see me on a wrestling game. WWE 2K. Fuck out of And then they're gonna entice you with Bad Bunny as a downloadable character pre-order. <laughs> oh my god, man. Yes, that's gonna really make me rush out and pre-order, man. Bad bunny! Oh my god. Miz. Miz is in the ring. He was angry. The Miz was angry. He was angry that he that he didn't get a Miz TV segment on the show. He touted that he's the first ever Grand Slam champion in WWE history. Fans began cheering. Miz thought it was for him. But apparently something was happening in the crowd. Owens, Kevin Owens, entered the ring from behind. Miz gave him a stone-cold stunner. Owens stood in the middle of the ring as some fans chanted KO. He was addressing Roman Reigns via promo here after he stunned the Miz. Says he might have said Sammy isn't guilty, but he's guilty of holding the Raw and Universal titles. Hostage for over two years. He gave everyone his word that he will do everything he can on Saturday to change that and give everyone a champion they can be proud of. He says he'll keep fighting until he has nothing else to fight for. He says he'll do what he said he's going to do, and that is take the title from him, or he will die trying. Miss stood up again. Owens gave him another stoner. Should be a great match. I'm looking forward to it. But Kevin Owens never guaranteed a victory on Saturday night. And I'm sure Sami Zayn is going to play a huge part in the title match on Saturday night. Is he going to align himself with Roman Reigns? Is he going to be tasked by doing something that he doesn't want to do? Is Roman Reigns going to put him in a very unprecarious situation? We don't know. We don't know. It's going to be great. Finally, the main event. Austin Theory. Austin Theory. Bobby Lashley, United States Championship. This is a no-DQ match. Most of this match happened in the commercial break. There was a picture-in-picture commercial break, but most of the match happened in a picture-in-picture commercial break. Crowd was very quiet for most of this. I mean, I didn't really care about it. We've seen it so many times before. I'm just over this feud with Lashley and Theory and Theory and Rollins over the United States. We need new blood for the United States Championship. Now that Lesnar's back, maybe Bobby Lashley will now move away from the United States Championship, and Austin Theory can move on to somebody new. Who that new will be? I don't know. I don't know. Lashley drove Theory into the steel chair that was lodged in between the turnbuckles. Theory regained the control of the match by... Spraying Lashley in the face with a fire extinguisher not too soon after that. And Lashley is in trouble. He starts fighting back. He gave Theory a superplex. Lashley had a modified Dominator Theory, gave him a low blow as he set up for a hurt lock. Lashley slammed him through a table that was set up in the ring. Both men are down. Brock Lesnar entered. He looked like an Amish cowboy. His beard was a lot looked, a lot thicker and a lot longer and he looked very Amish like did Brock Lesnar came out wearing the uh, flannel in jeans he had the cowboy hat on and a very bushy beard did Brock Lesnar Brock Lesnar's back in WWE oh joy crowd popped when Lesnar's music hit Lesnar gave Lashley an F5 he also gave Theory an F5 but he gave Theory an F5 right on top of Bobby Lashley And that meant Theory was on top of of Lashley in a cover. One, two, three, and the referee made the three count. Theory pinned Lashley thanks to Brock Lesnar, and he retains the United States Championship. Crowd fell silent. Show ended, and the show got cut off in mid-sentence when Corey Graves was trying to explain what just happened. Everything just felt completely rushed. Completely rushed. This was not impactful at all. WWE really was strapped for time here. Uh, Lesnar's appearance was predictable. And the only thing here is it looks like we're headed towards a Brock Lesnar versus Bobby Lashley match this season for WrestleMania. There was a rumor of a Hell in a Cell match taking place at the Royal Rumble. Some people were predicting that that could very well be Brock Lesnar and Bobby Lashley at the Royal Rumble. Inside Hell in a Cell, some people were like, it could be Finn Balor and a returning Edge to finish off the Judgment Day feud. We could get Roman Reigns versus Kevin Owens inside Hell in a Cell. The rumored Hell in a Cell match was supposed to take place at the Royal Rumble. That clearly is not happening. I'd love to see these two build their feud, give us something a little bit different than what we've gotten the first two matches, because the first two matches were fucking terrible, and put these two guys in a match at WrestleMania inside a Hell in a Cell. I think that would be fucking fantastic. Monday Night Raw, at the end of it all, even with the women's segment and the steel cage match that did not happen and the rushed ending with Brock Lesnar and Bobby Lashley feeling incredibly unimpactful, this was a very good Monday Night Raw. The good outweighs the bad, for sure. I thought this was a great Monday Night Raw and a great start to the WWE week, the great, a great start to the wrestling week, we got Dynamite coming up on Wednesday. We got Friday's go-home show for SmackDown. And then Saturday is the main event, the Royal Rumble. Awesome, awesome, awesome. Can't wait for the Royal Rumble on Saturday night. I thank you guys for being here, man. I apologize for the little hiccup earlier. I have no idea what happened. No idea what happened. More than likely, it is a YouTube problem. So I'm glad that you guys stuck with me. We didn't lose any audience. We still have 3,200 people in here tonight. Appreciate you guys very much. Hopefully you enjoyed the post show. If you did, hit that thumbs up. Show some support by hitting that thumbs up. Great way to help the channel out. We hit the 1,000 likes minimum tonight on OTS. And I appreciate you guys very much for all your support. Tonight. OTS is sponsored by my great friends over at Manscaped. Manscaped Manscaped.com, code SCRIPT20 at checkout. They are back, and they are revolutionizing. There's that word again. Revolutionizing men's grooming with a brand new Beard Hedger Pro Kit. This is more revolutionizing than Charlotte Flair, believe me. This is the first time Manscaped is getting into the beard business. From a beard trim to a fresh shave, the technology behind the Beard Hedger Pro Kit allows you to shape your signature beard look any way you want. Use code SCRIPT20 at checkout for 20% off and free shipping. What's so great about this Beard Hedger, you said? First of all, it's cordless. It's got a rotary wheel and gives you 20 hair cutting lengths, all with one guard. So no more fumbling around with different attachments. No more messy drawers full of add-ons. 20 different beard lengths in just one guard, and that is all you need. That is it. It's waterproof, you can shave in the shower. It's titanium coated with a T-Blade. That is tough on hair but smooth on your face, leading to a single-stroke shave. Single-stroke efficiency that brings satisfaction one stroke at a time. Then they got the beard shampoo and conditioner, man. I can't wait to try this shit because I love shaving, and I love feeling fresh when I shave. I haven't shaved in a couple weeks, but you're going to get the beard shampoo and conditioner, beard oil, and beard balm to moisturize you after your shave. The Pro Beard Kit also comes with three free gifts, three free gifts of beard brush, a comb, and scissors to ensure your beard is ready to impress. Manscaped.com, 20% off, free shipping. And I want to thank them for once again sponsoring the podcast right here on OTS. It's the last call, guys. Last call. Let's get those Super Chats in. Pop open the remaining cold beverages in the OTS venue. Now let's hang out for a little bit. Joseph Taylor with a $3 Super Chat. JD, what are your top three John Cena matches? Uh, I mean... I don't, I don't know, bro. I I mean, AJ Styles for sure. Um, I'd say Brock Lesnar, Extreme Rules, and CM Punk at Money in the Bank. Uncle Willie with five months. Hey JD, wanted to let you know my wrestling journey is going good. I've been training for two months. I'm more excited. Well, I'm excited for more. Any advice? Thank you. Uncle Willie. Just continue showing that passion, bro. Just continue showing that passion for your love for professional wrestling. As soon as that passion goes away, man. That's it. Never give up. You know, I was telling my guy Genius today. You know, it was... A very very dismal day in New York City. It was raining all day. It rained this weekend. I got four hours of sleep the night before. I'm fucking I'm fucking tired right now. I am I am done right now. Cooked. I told him when I got to the gym, bro. I was about to call out today. I was about to call out. I, I I was about to just pay you for the day and not even show up. I got to the gym. I felt so good after the gym session was over today. We did some great shit in the gym. I felt confident. Felt good. And I said to him before we even started, you know, I was going to call out today just because I got no sleep and the weather is shit. But I got here, and that's half the fucking battle. Just keep pushing, bro. Just keep pushing. The more you push the more you will evolve and the better you will be for it, man. That's all I could say. Matt Phillips, $2 Super Chat, no message. Thank you, Matt Phillips, for the Super Chat. Nick Williams with a $5 Super Chat. Man, if Triple H was healthy, I would have loved to see Triple H was Gunther at WrestleMania. Yeah, that would have been a banger. That would have been an absolute banger. Michelle Moran with a $2 super chat. Bloodline Civil War solo with Roman. Usos with Sammy. Now, Sammy's going to be exiled sooner than later. Sidra with a $5 super chat. Hope that boo was the answer to that question of Vince wanting to see what reaction he'd get from the crowd. Yeah. Hey, Vince... Now, like WWF, get the F out. That's the exact reaction I was hoping for. Gives me hope. If anything does happen in the future, the fans will be very vocal about it. Everybody loves Triple H, bro. Everybody. Jake Kaleb, I see you, bro. Thank you, brother. Ordering that beard hedger. And with the $10 Super Chat is Jake Caleb Show. Please, no more poker rooms. Get it out. Yes, get it out. It's very lame and very, uh, just very WWE, you know? How do we keep everybody else entertained? Oh, a poker game. Especially during these Legends nights, you know? The Undertaker. He's 16 and 0. Oh. oh my goodness. Undertaker is making a play for Jade Cargill's record. That trial segment was brilliant. This is single handedly the best storyline since the Yes Movement. Absolutely agree, Taker. Hashtag OTS4Life. Thank you, brother. Chris with a six-month membership. Six months as a member. Love the OTS family. Love the podcast. One hour of Raw XXX was amazing. Thoughts on Taker, LA Knight, and Bray Wyatt segment. I loved it. I thought it was cool. I thought it was cool, bro. Chris Leon with seven months in the OTS VIP club. Seven months already and counting. The trial segment was awesome. Looks like the end is near for Sami Zayn at the Rumble. It's coming to an end, bro. Get used to it. Get the tissues ready. Matt, the PW fan with a $10 super chat. Gotta say it's a bold move for WWE 2K to have a blank cover for, 20, for uh, 23. I guess they really aren't trying this year. I'll just save my money for AW Fight Forever whenever it comes out. Bro, 2K23 will be dead in three months. Some of the content creators in that community are just absolutely cringe-like content. I love my boy Macho T. I think uh, Chris Denk is cool. Some of the content in the community, man, is just fucking aimed towards Children. Honestly, it is disgusting. It really is. Grimsley with a $5 super chat. Great show, but yikes to the women's segments. Wasted cage. The main event sucked. Rivalry has gone on too long. I got chills when Jay stopped solo. Yeah. I thought it was great. I got a little salty in the eyes there. 248 Radio, five-month membership. Cheers, JD. Thank you, brother. Route the Well with three months. Perfect amount of Royal Rumble build along with the 30-year celebration. I agree, brother. Three months. Thank you for the three months. Kyle Ironman Smith with two months. Cheers, JD. I want Cody versus Roman. But this Sammy storyline is making me want Sammy to dethrone Roman that much more. Very emotional storyline. Bro, it's got to be Cody Rhodes. If Sami Zayn was to win the Royal Rumble, I would not mind that either, but it's got to be Cody. It's got to be Cody. Dom Wapo with a 199. What a fun Raw. Can't wait to go to the Royal Rumble. Enjoy yourself. Dom Wapo. should be a good show. Omegacon with 12 months, one whole year subscribed. New Mike... Raw was awesome, especially the Sammy trial Here's to another year OTS for life. You guys want the Stone Cold Steve Austin, Roman Reigns news? It's in the Extra that's on the homepage. Go and check it out. I'm sure I'll talk about it again sometime this week. Gary Gordon with a $5 super chat. Found myself rooting for Sami Zayn in the tag team match like never before in my entire life. Absolutely thrilling. Gunther vs. Rollins tease also. Take my money. Honestly, I think Gunther vs. Sheamus is the match to go with at WrestleMania, but I could be wrong. Russ Constantine with a new membership. Noah Nixon with a new membership. JX Fanta with a new membership. Gentlemen, what the fuck are you guys drinking? Thank you for the memberships tonight. Jack Perez with one month. Hey, JD, I enjoyed Monday Night Raw, so I'm excited for the Royal Rumble. I hope Cody wins the Royal Rumble. OTS for life. Yes. Yes. Jacob smiling with six months. Just want to say I enjoy watching the post shows and glad I've been a member for six months. Keep doing what you do, JD. OTS for life. Thank you, Jacob. Nicozy Cleveland. 499. What's up, JD? Big fan. I think when they do the ceremony, they don't need the rock. Him not showing up could be what pisses Roman off and get us to the match. That's a a good point there, Cleveland. But we didn't do the ceremony anyway, so it's all an irrelevant point. They didn't do the ceremony, so it is what it is. Phil with a 9.99. What a night. I was there, and man, I cannot wait to see what the final test for Sami Zayn is going to be at the Rumble. Brock coming back was electric. I cannot wait till Saturday. What a show. Yeah, Phil it was a good show tonight, man. Who would have thought? People praising Monday Night Raw. Oh, my goodness. Ricardo Linnell with a $10 super chat. Sammy should not be allowed to leave. The only way he should be able to get out is by being beaten so badly he is unrecognizable. It's like getting out of the mafia. You can't, receipts are coming. Ricardo, I hope so. I want it to be a tearjerker, bro. That's what I want. And you know what? I trust Triple H. I trust Triple H to, to give us the most emotional conclusion to that before we get to the resurrection of Sami Zayn. Cam G, thank you again, brother, for the $100 super chat. Shout out to Cam G. West Coast Samoan with a $5 Super Chat. Bloodline, LA Knight, Bray, Imperium. Let's be real. SmackDown, carry that show. Yes. That's a very good point, West Coast Samoan. Erotic, Fresco with a 4 dollars Hey, JD, yesterday was my 22nd birthday. Can I please get a mighty. <laughs> <laughs> Happy birthday, Erotic Fresco. Kings Agar ninety four with a one seventy nine super chat. Will Sammy Zayn bring back his old theme soon? No. I love Sami Zayn's old team. I don't know why they got rid of it. Tenorio with a $5 super chat. JD, who do you think are the Iron Man and woman of the Royal Rumble? Uh, Austin Theory. And for the ladies, I could see... I could see a Candice LeRae. I could see a Raquel Rodriguez. I could see a NXT woman holding that honor I could see a Cora Jade or Roxanne Perez the ladies are a little bit more difficult to predict but I think Austin Theory is going to last a good 40-50 minutes in that Royal Rumble and if I have my way Cody and Seth are going to be the Iron Men as well because they're going to come out at number one and number two and then they're going to last till the end then Cody's going to win Miggy Saito with a 125 in his currency. I rather saw the steel cage match with Bailey than Charlotte segment. Yes, yeah, so well, I would have to agree with that, Miggy. I mean, anything but Charlotte, really. Grimsley with a two dollar super chat. To be fair, COD is the same every year. Yes, COD sucks. There's nothing new about Call of Duty. They continue making changes away from what is a traditional Call of Duty and they end up breaking and ruining the game and then nobody fucking plays it after two months. That's why I play Destiny. At least I have a community that listens and makes changes according to what the community wants. Mr. TKO, with a $5 super chat. Hey, J.D., just finished my revision zero fourth catalyst. What role did you go with? Well, roll was pretty good. OTS for life. Uh, Mr. TKO, I'm going with fourth times the charm, bro. Either that or frenzy. But right now, fourth. Pretty decent gun. Not my favorite. Just working up leveling my... Uh, Seasonal weapons that I have crafted And I gotta guild my Grandmaster title again for this season It'll be a fifth time I do that Glorious one, $4.99 Raw seemed to move pretty steadily To me, I looked at my phone And I was like, damn, it's already 10.30 They need to do that every week, yeah Well, I mean, it helps when the fucking first hour is commercial free M. James with a $2 super chat. Do you think Sammy will even be in the Royal Rumble? I have no idea. He may not even be there. MGM Ballin with a 4 dollars Magic Spoon was so good I ordered another six-pack with your code script. Got six different flavors. I can't wait to try them. Thank you, MGM. That means a lot to me, brother. Anybody wants any magic spoon, man? I leave the link down in the description. Just click that link and it'll take you right to the website. A 199 super chat from N. I have a feeling Cody is getting screwed Saturday. I hope not. I hope not. Noah Nixon with a 999. After six years of listening, I finally become a VIP. To celebrate, I was thinking Jesse's taco. The last one I had was like a damn laxative. Cheers to you, bro. Yeah, uh, Noah, stay, stay away from his tacos, bro. Who the fuck knows what he's doing, man? Don't know where he's getting his meat from. Very hot or cold is Jesse's Tacos. I, I don't know. Get yeah, this guy, this geek wants a taco truck. Thunder Rosa doesn't like us anymore, so I may have to make that a Jesse's Taco Truck, unfortunately, outside. Furious Nation with a $10 super chat. What's up, JD? I know I've been very stressed with my job lately, and that's why I haven't super chatted lately, but happy Raw 30, bro. Very fun show tonight, and I love the tribal court tonight. Yes, I thought it was awesome, brother. I'm glad you enjoyed the show. It was a good show. Filthy Slimes with a four ninety nine. If Vince was in charge, DX would have hit all their finishers on Imperium like they did FTR. So happy he's not in creative and hope he stays away. Yes, I just I said that tonight. That segment could have went a lot differently. A lot differently. Sarit Mohanty with 179 in his country's currency, Brock versus Gunther or Brock versus Lashley at Mania. Brock versus Lashley. Gunther versus Sheamus is what I think is best for the IC title with Sheamus winning the IC title and capturing his first IC title. Furious Nation with a $10, which I'm very happy to hear across the nation and enemies tonight during Raw. I thought both of those songs were great. My uh, favorite was Anthrax. Raw is war. My second favorite was To Be Loved by Papa Roach. Disappointed we didn't hear To Be Loved tonight. To Be Loved by Papa Roach was awesome. Yes, it was. That was an awesome album, too. Steven Escalante with a one ninety nine. What about Stone Clover's LA Night at WrestleMania? I think that could be a good one. I think that could be a good one. Hollywood guy with a $5 super chat. I wonder what Undertaker said to Bray Wyatt. Maybe he is passing the torch to him. Maybe. Who knows? Furious Nation with a $10 super chat. Imagine Gunther in the ruthless aggression era versus people like HB Gay, Batista, Undertaker, and others during that era in their prime. Gunther would fit in like a glove, bro. Like a glove. Horatia with a $5 super chat. I think there needs to be a few weeks where there is complete trust for Sammy. Really make it feel like family before the turn. Great show. OTS for life. Thank you, brother. Appreciate that, man. And Joseph Taylor with a $5 super chat. The reason I bought Call of Duty Black Ops Cold War is for the nostalgia and the old maps. Bro, Cold War was a very good Call of Duty. It was a bare-bones Call of Duty, but a very good Call of Duty nonetheless, and if they made fundamental changes to the game and had better streaks, I mean, I enjoyed it. I enjoyed it. I played it more than any of these Infinity War games. Bro, these Infinity War Call of Duty games are the fucking worst. You got a bunch of Gen Zers making the fucking game, and Activision is no better. It's Fucking pathetic, man. The game sucks. I appreciate you guys for hanging out tonight, man. Again, I apologize for a little hiccup in the internet. I-, I don't know what the fuck had happened. Jesse was texting me. Where'd you go? Apparently, you guys were still able to see me. I got up from my chair. I don't know what the fuck happened. It was a YouTube thing. YouTube glitched out on me. YouTube's been giving me a problem. I don't know. I'm glad we got things back in order. I'm glad we didn't lose audience. We still have 3,200 tonight. Number one in the community, by the way. Even with the little mishap, man, we're still number one in the community. What does that tell you? Well, I apologize for that, man. Uh, Tomorrow, you'll probably see some extra, I think. I'm going to try and get some extra out. I think I may be going live more often, man. I don't know what I want to do. Go live or upload regular videos. I don't know. I don't know what I want to do. Go check out that extra that I did today. Stone Cold Steve Austin versus Roman Reigns at some point this year. Enormous money funneled to Stone Cold Steve Austin potentially for a match with Roman Reigns. Go check that out. Follow me on Twitter at JD from NY206. Twitter, Instagram, TikTok, and Cameo. Make sure you guys hit that subscribe button turn on that bell for notifications and please continue to hit that thumbs up helps out the video tremendously guys you will see me tomorrow with some extra and the next time you see me live is on wednesday jesse and i will cover dynamite wednesday night as this big week continues heading into the royal rumble let me see those emojis in the chat and let me hear that music i want that music on max I'll see you guys tomorrow and then Wednesday live back in the venue for OTS right here for AEW Dynamite on Off the Script. I'll see you guys later.